Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Democrats chose the president's favorite, Adam Schiff, to kick things off today. Schiff spoke for two and a half hours and made a very persuasive case. He had visual aids and everything. It was a real abusive PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> he laid out a ton of evidence against the president, much of it sound bites of Trump himself, and he invoked the founding fathers and their words a lot. Schiff quoted Hamilton so many times today, he was nominated for five Tony Awards. <laughs> Which is funny. <laughs> so they're hoping that um, uh, little visual aids and stuff like that made a better impression, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'd heard that one account from somebody in the gallery that it was really interesting. The senators were kind of sitting there milling around. One had his head on his desk. But every time they showed a video, they really perked up and watched that. Hmm. I'm thinking it's just like third graders. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like children. Yeah. So I'm reading the book, The Impeachers, which is about the impeachment of Andrew Johnson. Um, he was the president after Lincoln. Well, Lincoln's shot and Johnson becomes president. What? And Johnson. The Impeacher um, sounds like the worst cover band that works the D.C. metro area <laughs> that you can imagine, right? Yeah, really bad. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, The Impeacher. Lot of Gloria and Louie Louie. Can I get my check? I'm going. Um, and uh, the book came out last year, so presumably this was written and researched uh, long before they knew Trump was going to be impeached. But oh yeah, I think so. It's, it's the reviews are terrific. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting book, and uh, I was going to read a little bit from it on impeachment, kind of just in general. 
I'm going to make sure I do this in the right order. Do I this? Sounds a little eggheaded, a little highbrow. I'll make really inappropriate jokes uh, here and there to kind of even things out. Oddly, for years, and this is in the, the, the preface about impeachment in general and this impeachment of Andrew Johnson, oddly for years, the intensely dramatic event, the impeachment of the U.S. president, has largely been papered over or ignored by historians. And, like, I learned almost nothing about it in school. Um, right, people never just talked about the it. fact that it happened yeah. and nothing else. For years, we've sidestepped the ignominious moment when a highly unlikable president was brought to trial by the president, uh, by the Senate. The whole episode left such a bitter aftertaste that the eminent scholar Van Woodward said more than four decades ago that historians often, often relegated the term impeachment to the abysmal dustbin of never-again experiences like secession and appeasement and isolationism. Just wow. something that was a bad idea that we weren't ever going to do again. How interesting. Um, uh, another lawyer who wrote a book and was uh, did not like Andrew Johnson at all concluded, albeit sadly, that the whole affair was a political and legal train wreck. Does this sound familiar to the Clinton impeachment, for sure. instance? That yeah. I think almost everybody agrees now was a bad idea. Um, and, and I do think that's how it's going to end up being here. What's one of the reasons we don't like impeachment, the author writes? Impeaching a president implies that we make mistakes, grave ones, in electing or appointing officials, and that these elected men and women might not be great, but small, unable to listen to, never mind to represent, the people they serve with justice, conscience, and equanimity. Impeachment suggests dysfunction, uncertainty, and discord. Not the discord of war, which can be memorialized as valorous or purposeful, or idealistic, but the far less dramatic and often squalid, sad, intemperate conflicts of peace, partisanship, race, and rancor. Impeachment implies a failure. Mm. See, I don't mind that. It's funny. I, I, that doesn't bother me at all. The and, I, I consider government a failure until it proves otherwise. But that's my particular philosophical bent. Yeah, but I can, I can see why uh, they don't live well in history. It's just, it's, uh, there, there's nothing good about it. It's, 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 it's it's an incredibly partisan. It, it it suggests that we're not particularly good at electing people. And mm-hmm. Both sides uh, get killed in it, and it's just it's so yeah. we kind of. And I don't think you never hear about the Clinton impeachment unless it's brought up in the context of it was a bad idea. That's the only time I ever hear it brought up that Republicans ended up losing because of it. Yeah, yeah. Although that's even more complicated than than people tend to make it. Um. <sighs> Yeah, I think Nixon is the flaming example, though he was not impeached. He was absolutely going to be impeached, and that was righteous, bipartisan, and and needed. Maybe that's the way it should work, though. When it's so incredibly obvious, uh, both sides are on board to the point that the president's, whoever's president, realizes, I can't be president. Right. Well, I gotta go. I go out on my own. That was the point of view expressed repeatedly and vehemently by Nancy Pelosi less than a year ago. She was hammering her caucus to understand that. Well, when books, and she was right. When books are written years from now about this impeachment, it will include many private conversations, I assume, or maybe a memoir by Nancy Pelosi. And when she makes it clear, she had no interest in this whatsoever. Yeah. She was pushed. She didn't want to do this clear up until the end. She and was going to lose her caucus. And then at the point that she had no choice, she, she jumped in with both feet because what else are you going to do? But I don't think she ever thought this was a good idea. But it's almost certainly going to end up, we've had three impeachments, and it's going to be the same thing. A bunch of people who hated the president 
got all worked up about something mm-hmm. that wasn't really impeachable. Right. And uh, then it might have been pretty dumb or bad or dishonest, but not enough. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and the person ended up staying in office. It would be wild if all three of them end up being that way. And well, then, I and then, retros- bottom dollar, that's exactly what's going to happen. In retrospect, most people think, eh, hey, we'd have been better off not doing that. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. And those of you who hate Trump and you've just heard one side over and over again, I get why you're utterly convinced the guy needs to be convinced, uh, impeached, rather. All you've heard is the prosecution um, over and over and over again. And it's easy to think, well, he's clearly guilty, and then you haven't heard the defense, or at least not put forward in a uh, a good way. I'll occasionally hear, like on Morning Joe on MSNBC, they will set up a, a, a tiny little straw man and just kick the hell out of him and say they've given uh, some respect to the other point of view, but you really haven't heard it yet. And so it's going to be astounding to you when the Senate, with the election, I mean, a few months from now, says, look, we'll just let the American people decide on this. Um, It's going to seem outrageous and horrible to you, because we're all in our little ideological bubbles. It's a, the, the, if you're into impeachment at all, the uh, the impeachers, the Andrew Johnson thing, pretty interesting. I mean, they get into the... The founders and what they had on their mind and what they wrote in the Federalists and all that sort of stuff about mm-hmm. what they wanted impeachment to be and not be and how it unfolded uh, with the Andrew Johnson thing. But Yeah, I uh. need to read some of those Federalist papers because, you know, like anything else, uh, you can select a, a word here, a phrase there, a sentence there and, and present a, a case that serves your side and somebody else can do the same thing. But um I, I, you know, it's funny. I think Nancy was absolutely right what she was saying in March. It's got to be overwhelming and bipartisan. Otherwise, we're making a terrible mistake. But her, her, her uh, caucus wouldn't have it. My final thought on this, so I don't uh, bore people to death. But how, what do you think of the argument that um, a long game political strategy? It, it's good for the Democrats. Trump's going to get a beating. Um, uh He's spending a lot of time having to deal with, you know, it, it, it kind of clogs up his presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes him less effective, therefore less and, likely and to be reelected. He'll, he'll be or... weakened come the election. Right, yeah. Well, that, I'm sure. That makes it worth it for yeah, the I'm, Democrats. I think there are probably a lot of smart, reasonable people who just, their their job is to bring down the other party and raise their party. It's how they make their living. They're, you know, they're, they're dishonest, but they're in the same way my defense attorney is dishonest. He's not going to tell the jury if, you know, there's a lot of evidence that says Joe is guilty. You know, it's, it's one-sided. Um, and, uh, and then they're pitching that narrative that, look, we'll, we'll just, we'll paint him with this and Trump fatigue, which is a real thing, will grow and it'll depress turnout. I'm here to tell you, and listen, I don't have 10 million friends, so I'm not sure about this, but in my circle of friends and associates and acquaintances and the rest of it, there is an overwhelming reaction to all of this. The From day one, we're going to impeach the guy, and the, and the mainstream media joining in and repeating the Russian collusion narrative and the rest of it, an overwhelming transition from... The guy makes me crazy, but I guess he's better than Hillary, or I guess he's better than a Democrat, too. F it! I'm with Trump. I'm with Trump. F you! I'm with Trump. I can't tell you the number of people who have reacted to this relentless, you know, Maxine Waters and Adam Schiff and... And uh, and uh, who else? What was the other guy? That doesn't matter. The real, uh, Oh, well, all of the, the Alphabet Networks, the relentless banging on Trump 
They don't care if he told the Ukraine guy, you got to announce an investigation of Biden or you're not getting your money. They couldn't give less of a flip. F you, F CNN, F Nancy (laughs) Pelosi, and Maxine Waters. I'm voting for Trump, which is the danger of not only crying wolf, but assembling the Mormon Tabernacle Choir to sing wolf. 24. Four hours a day since the day the guy's inaugurated. Uh, But again, I suggest we all meet in November and vote on it. So the Moms for Housing finally got their home this week. That's become kind of a national story. It's out of Oakland. Talk about that coming up. It's the the moms who squatted in a house illegally, and now they're getting to buy it with some of your taxpayer money. Or your money. Um, It's quite a story. So stay tuned for that. On the way. Armstrong and Getty. This morning, Mr. Peanut grabbing headlines. The center of a surprising ad blasted out online. Starring the 104-year-old mascot, Wesley Snipes and Matt Walsh. Mr. Peanut, no, you don't. Don't do it, Mr. Peanut. The lovable nut meeting an untimely end in a stunt by planters. Mr. Peanut's home for his entire life. People are talking about it, you know, over a week in advance. He's an icon and people love him because he's been around for 104 years. So to see him (laughs) die on the the world's biggest stage, (laughs) it being the Super Bowl, is huge. We've gone to an ad expert to explain why Mr. Peanut is so popular. People love him. <laughs> do, do they? Oh, they do. Do oh, they? and how. Is there anybody, man, woman, or child that loves Mr. Peanut? Really, my wife, my children, and Mr. Peanut. That's who I love. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, now, the talk, you know, the, the, the damn morning shows. Now, here's a human being saying words. <laughs> and, for, and for those of you for whom that's enough, I'm sure you'll sit there wide-eyed and open-mouthed, drooling and watching our commercials. Well, well you know. Sorry, that was, you know what that was? That was, uh, that was what? Demeaning. Mr. Peanut has been around for 104 years, and people love him. <laughs> No, no, they don't. Not really. <laughs> Not really. There's no affection. Mildly amused, barely. <laughs> it's, it's... They love him. She's some writer for Adworld. But, uh, you know, well, you can't fault her. So they Mr. said, hey, can you, uh, we need you to explain the appeal of Mr. Peanut. I don't know. He's a peanut wearing a hat. <laughs> what, it's kind of funny. I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's nothing, really. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just, nothing. it's, the, I would what's eat the this. appeal of the M for McDonald's? Oh, people love the curve of the, uh, oh, no, it's just, it's an emblem. I would eat exactly the same number of peanuts had Mr. Of Peanut. any damn brand. <laughs> he doesn't Mr. Even, Peanut never existed. He doesn't even have some sort of relatable, like, catchphrase that everybody, like the Tony the Tiger, they're great, right? He's, he's just this weird animated thing. Well, and, and elitist. People love I mean, him, the Sean. Hat, the, she uh, just said so. Monocle. People love him. The cane. He was a monster. He, he packaged up millions of his own kind and sold them to the American people <laughs> as snacks. To eat? <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. What the hell? You're right. That's incredibly troubling. It was like, you know, if, if a cow was the McDonald's spokesperson. Oh, my meat is so good. Kill me and all my family. <laughs> Barbaric! <laughs> Mr. Peanut isn't beloved, he's a monster. 
his reign of terror is finally over. Yeah, no kidding. So, now, if, if, if Uncle Cashew was pitching peanuts, that I would get. Not sacrificing his own kind. So he's hanging on a branch with the two movie stars. Yes. Who's the blonde guy? Uh, Matt Walsh um, uh, from the Veep show, probably most famously, did a lot of Daily Show correspondent stuff back in the Jon Stewart era. Okay. They're right. hanging on a branch over a canyon. Yes. And to save their lives, he, Mr. Peanut lets himself drop. Well, because it's, they're, it's, they're, the branch they're hanging on is cracking. Yeah. The three of them is too much, Jack. Somebody's got to sacrifice themselves. And Mr. Peanut falls to his death and then bursts into flames when he hits the ground. Uh, there's, a, there's a bit of a, oh, maybe he's okay, and then the explosion. So oh. it's, a, it's played for comedic oh, the effect. Peanut oh. oil. The peanut yeah. oil. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, uh, and Just then, for the record, uh, Mr. Uh, peanut unshelled. He had his full peanut shell. I'm trying to picture him. He's like a ballpark peanut with the shell on, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is shelled. Right. Yes. No, shelled means the shell has been removed. Which is always confusing. If I get, in, if I climb in a shell, aren't I shelled? No, I'm shelled at that. You're point? unshelled. I'm uh, right. What? Yes. <laughs> Nuts oh, are the opposite. Wow. <laughs> Nuts are the opposite of like people. Okay. Am I housed? If I'm in a house, yes. If a nut has been shelled, it has no shell. Okay, that is the opposite. Um, and then the Super Bowl, they're going to run the the funeral which I assume is going to be many celebrities. It will probably be amusing. Because everyone loves Mr. Peanut. Everyone loves Mr. Peanut. Was there a Mrs. Peanut? I'm not here to out the guy, but it's kind of weird. I I think he was a playa. Yeah. Oh, kind of George Clooney-ish more. Well, George Clooney's married. I think he got with cashews. Leo DiCaprio. Bit of a mixed nuts sort of thing, if oh, you know yeah, what I mean. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 wow, and 105 years ago, that was controversial. Oh, yeah. He would get with a pecan. <laughs> if he didn't have his family's resources, he probably would have been an outcast in many ways. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yep. <laughs> They'd have roasted him for that. Oh, boy. Yeah, so... you're going to hear more of that during the commercial. <laughs> oh, Super Bowl. Um, did you hear about the moms for housing? They got so much attention all across the nation, certainly in the, in Oakland. You got these moms that just squatted in the house and they're, they, they got kids and they're moms and they got nowhere to live. There's a housing shortage. So they just broke into a house and stayed there. Well, the the person who owned the house said you got to get out and finally got them evicted. Right. But it became a, a cause celeb. And they came up with a way to let these moms buy the house officially as of Monday. They get to uh, they 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 bought the house. Well, a nonprofit did, from what I understand, right? Yeah, it's kind of, it's it's pretty complicated to try to figure out where the money came from, how it got moved around, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But anyway, keeping in mind the uh, mayor of Oakland is a communist. Mayor Libby Schaff uh, says they've made an agreement that if the company sells any of the properties in the future. That the uh, the women still get to stay in the home. Because they own a bunch of houses. M- most of them vacant, I think. The, it's an investment. The mayor was asked today if this deal might result in copycats, people who occupy a vacant home and then try to claim it. We're not here to condone unlawful acts, but we are here to respect them and passionately advance what inspired them. We're not here to condone unlawful acts. We're here to reward them. <laughs> We're here to passionately love what inspired them to... Break into a home and stay there? I swear to God, these people just need to write greeting cards because their analysis goes about that deep. That makes more sense than everybody loves Mr. Peanut. Well, and when we come back, can we consider their slogan, housing is a human right? Let's turn that one over and look at it.
Actor Mark Wahlberg and TV host Dr. Oz have been fighting on social media this week about the importance of breakfast in people's diets. Call me crazy, but I'm going to side with the medical expert over Dr. Oz. Yes. Yes. Wow. Uh, I wanted to hit you with this text before we go any further. Did the story yesterday about this guy who calls himself Pirate, who's a, a multiple-time convicted rapist. Kidnapper. Monster. Just crazy person. Scary as hell person. And he's out on the streets of Redding, California. Right. Why did he go back to Redding? To collect his disability checks. Oh, boy. Now, this person says he's on disability probably because he's got uh, an entire face tattoo and he's unemployable. I don't I don't know why he's on disability, but he's getting he's getting tax money to walk around the streets of Reading as a uh, scary person that's almost certainly going to do something again. But um yeah, disability. Wow. I'd like to know the story behind that. Oh, speaking of rapists, Annabella Sciorra, do you know who she is or Sciorra? Um she, uh, Italian-American actress, she was in The Sopranos. She was Tony's uh Girlfriend who's the Mercedes dealer. Everybody who watched The Sopranos remembers who she was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once you tell them that. Anyway. Uh, yeah, she's uh, testified in uh, Harvey Weinstein's trial. Uh, she is one of, uh, I believe, six women, women who are going to testify that he forcibly raped them. Never mind the, you know, sexual harassment, uh, pressuring, uh, inappropriate this and uh, he has uh, power of that and holding out parts, blah, blah, blah. No, he's a serial rapist, a monster. Just attack you and rape you. Yes, exactly. Hold like the you guy down we just by talking force. About. He's no different than this pirate guy. Absolutely not. Same guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, it's troubling stuff and, and terrible. Um, and, my God, the, the, the pain that he caused his victims through the years is just impossible to quantify. But I salute the women who are coming forward and testifying. We're talking about the Moms for Housing story that's gotten a lot of national attention, and that's uh, some moms that uh, squatted in an empty home, and then uh, they were kicked out by the police, and people thought that looked too uh, mean and ugly because it was moms and kids, and I don't like the way it looked either, if you've seen any of the videos. But it was not their home. <laughs> and uh, well, no. Did they own the house they were living in? No. They snuck in, they grabbed it. End of story. Get out. And you're told to leave, and if you don't leave, then at some point you got to show up with guns and arrest people, or you you, you got to keep taking it, ratcheting up the, the level of pressure if people just say, no, I'm not leaving. But anyway, right. um, so uh, really kind-hearted people came forward and said, we're going to come up with the money to let them buy this house. And they were able to do that on mon- Monday, and they, they bought the place. And now there's a big movement growing to try to do that for more people to mm-hmm. get to live in... Uh, these empty homes. Yeah, charitable organizations buying up empty homes that investment groups own um, that are, for whatever reason, not renting them out or haven't gotten around to it yet or haven't gotten around to fixing them up and bringing them up to code because that's one of the problems with housing in California is the code is so exhausting and expensive because California is trying to build a utopia um, that it, it slows down brutally the building or rehabbing of any housing. The Moms for Housing uh, Twitter page, at Moms for Housing, we are a collective of unhoused and insecurely housed mothers. I didn't know insecurely housed was a new thing. but mm-hmm. uh, Organizing to reclaim vacant homes from real estate speculators. Join us. Now, if a charity group wants to uh, use their money to buy a home for anybody, I don't care. You can right. do whatever you want. I love private charity. Good for them. But the the, the movement toward this whole uh, right to housing thing is, well, it ain't going to work. Yeah, housing is a human right. 
is a sentence you will hear in every single interview these women and their supporters will give. And Libby Schaff of Oakland will say that, too. And that is yet another one of those progressive, I call them greeting card slogans, because they just... They're they're very shallow. They are not analysis. They're just um, a, 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 a saying that makes you feel good or makes you feel noble. So let's break that down real quickly. Housing is a human right. What you really mean is housing paid by taxpayers is obligatory. And, you know, I have a couple of follow-up questions. Okay, if you're saying that it is utterly unacceptable that anybody doesn't have a roof over their head and taxpayers have to do whatever it takes to get a roof over their head. I disagree with you. Now, if you want to say any family with children, it's in the interests of society to keep those kids from becoming victimized, to get them educated, to keep them from becoming uh, casualties or prisoners or or criminals or, or, or prostitutes or whatever, that we as a society have an interest in that, both moral and practical. I'm willing to discuss that about the kids. But then I have a question for you, because this is what bothers me so much about progressive America. You have an absolutist positive view in terms of what taxpayers must do for the poor, unfortunate folks, you must get them a house. You must get them housing. You must get them an apartment, even if it costs you $600,000 a unit in uh, Los Angeles. But you have an absolutely negative, an absolutist negative view in terms of what society can demand of people before we... Force taxpayers at the at a at gunpoint. Essentially, you don't go pay your taxes. You're going to go to jail. You refuse to go to jail. They're going to put a gun in your face. So what you're saying is, no matter what, we can't ask anything of these people. If their lives go sideways, you're paying for their housing. And I think you know it. It gets back to the great metaphor of uh, person A and person B decide to solve person sees problems and they decide to stick person x with the bill and person x is the forget forgotten man the forgotten woman who has no voice um and we just around here we tend to stand up for person x and say well if if you make all bad life decisions let's leave the kids out for now out of this if you as like a single male make nothing but terrible life decisions over and over again you're morally bankrupt and you're a junkie and the rest of it. I need a really solid explanation from P- person A and person B why I have to foot the bill for that person. At least give me the dignity of explaining that to me as opposed to just saying housing is a human right, which is nothing but a slogan. Um, to give people around the country an idea of what it costs to live in California, because you live other places, you may be shocked by this. This particular home that these women were squatting in got kicked out of an hour buying. Jack, it's worth pointing out, squatting is just living somewhere illegally. You're not literally half sitting on your haunches. I'm glad, because that hurts my, uh, at my current age. I can't really do that. Very These easily. women were standing, walking, uh, sitting I found in the squatting house. painful. Oh, yeah. My I, knees aren't built for it. You can get a chair. 
Yeah. Uh, the house listed on Zillow for $631,000. And I know for a lot of the country, you're thinking, what? Yeah. <laughs> $600,000. Uh, yeah, my recollection is it's a smallish house. Do you have the, uh, the parameters of it? Uh, I think I do, but uh, here's the history of the the home's um, value. Which it's is pretty a couple interesting. of bedrooms. It's a small house with like a couple of bedrooms. In 1908, the house sold for. Oh, it was built in 1908. The house first sold in 1997 for 50 grand. In 1997, you could have bought that home for 50 grand. In 1987, um, it was a, a piece of crap. I think. In 1987 it was $15,000. Wow. 15 grand in 1987. It's a tumble down small house in a rough part of Oakland. And then this guy bought it for a half a million in a foreclosure sale this past July listed it for 631. Mm. Now nobody had bought it, so that might mean it wasn't quite worth that much. Yeah. But um, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. Have you guys been seeing more and more of uh, articles mentioning things like the vagrant or the vacancy tax, where yes. buildings would, tenant or landlords would be taxed for not renting out their thing their their properties? Yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts on that because it seems like a new thing that I hadn't seen mentioned before. Well, I, I don't I don't like it, but the idea of it is there are a shocking number of houses. I wish I knew the number in Oakland. Um, and, and a shocking number in San Francisco, given how expensive housing is, but they're owned by developers and investors who are going to turn them around eventually, rent them eventually, rehab them, or just waiting for, um, you know, them to go up 8% or whatever their nut is that mm-hmm. they'll then flip them and sell them. And there are a tremendous number of houses that are empty in Oakland, for instance. Um, and the government's point of view is, well, we got people who need houses, you got empty houses, uh, we're taking your empty house. Yeah. Or we're going to charge you taxes for having an empty house. I would like to know the dollars and cents of why people aren't renting out. Because it would seem like if I own a building and there are people who want to rent it, heck yeah, I'm going to rent it. I'm getting I'm getting rent. So while I'm waiting for the value of it to go up, mm-hmm. I'm getting rent all this time. But if you live in a state or a county or a city where they've made being a landlord so incredibly scary right. from a legal standpoint. And financially, well then, yeah. Yeah, then you're not going to do it. Yeah. I'm just wondering if you were in a different part of the country where the the renters don't have you buy the short hairs from the moment they step in the place. Right. Um that 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 maybe they would be renting these places out at an agreed upon rent just because it'd be better than getting nothing. Right. There are limits to how much you can raise the rent now. Um there are also well there are regulations up to your neck but uh, we anytime we bring this up, and I'm sure they're coming in, and feel free to email us at mailbag at armstrongandgetty dot com. We get the horror stories of, uh, yeah, I uh, took this person's application. We can no longer ask in Oakland, for instance, whether you're a convicted felon. And so we these people seem nice, so we uh, we had him move in. Turns out the gal who applied, her husband just got out. He's a multiply convicted fraud guy and whatever, blah, blah, blah. They never paid us a single day's rent. They immediately went into default. It's now nine months, and our case is zabadabadoo. We got a note from uh, a couple of, a while ago. They're not a company. They're just a couple. They put their hard-earned money into a couple of rental properties, and they are uh, taking enormous losses from these criminals who rented their home. And the authorities say, no, you can't evict them until it goes through all these uh, legal avenues. And they're now nine months down the road of somebody who never paid rent. So, right. So what I would like to know about this, getting to the point Sean brought up, is if they made, if they balanced the scales a little between renters and landlords, 
to where landlords weren't so scared to even have renters, then right. maybe they would be. Because it doesn't make sense if I own a place that I don't want to have somebody paying me rent. No, while there's I'm waiting got to be the, an explanation. Yeah, and yeah. The, I think the explanation is that the pain and risk is greater than the rent I would get. Yeah, your your liability. The liability is greater than the rent I would get in California. Yeah, exactly. Your lawyers tell you, listen, if this property, if the renter does this, that, or the other, you are going to lose $50,000 in legal fees. It would take you seven years of rent to make that. So, no, it's going to stay empty. And that's, you know, that's one of the big problems. But utopians generally, since they have no concept of how economics work and they go off of greeting card rhetoric, they don't ever get down uh, that far. You know, it was funny, a uh, friend of a Once friend... Once you have renters, this person says where they rent. If you have renters, you cannot get them out unless they decide to move. And you cannot sell the building, you can't do anything until they decide to move. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, that's an overstatement, but it takes an enormous amount of time and legal fees to get them out. Um, a friend of mine, uh, you know, that, that concept of uh, uh, vacancy tax is not insane. Uh, I, you know, it, it might pass. Um, a friend of mine moved his business from Cal Unicornia to Texas, partly because of the better tax environment. Turns out, and listen, I am not an expert on Texas tax law, but they have an inventory tax. If you have, you know, excess inventory sitting around, they tax it because it's a way to avoid income, blah, blah, blah. Taxes mm. befuddle me completely, but... Um, so the concept is not completely unknown, but it will have economic effects. Like the the state of Cal Unicornia just passed this well-meaning rent control thingy. Well, it's going to have effects, and those effects are going to be a reduced housing supply. But but ultimately, the conversation of this growing idea that there's a right to a, a home, right? Housing is a human right to deal with homeless and everything like that. That's going to be that might be an issue during the 2020 presidential election. That might get going if Bernie's the nominee. Because Bernie uh, tweeted yesterday about the, the these moms for housing and how they he's so happy they got their home. This could end up being an issue. Oh boy, um, be a fun one to discuss. Anyway, oh boy. we'll keep our eye on it. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear that again. We haven't heard this for a while. Yeah, I go. tell you what. There we are in the hallowed halls of the Senate trying to decide the fate of the presidency. And some, some yahoo busts in and starts yelling. President Donald J. Trump spoke by telephone with President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine to congratulate him on his recent... Words that will echo in arms will restore order in, in the history. You know what? I have earbuds and headphones, essentially. And I've heard this now a dozen times. I don't have one word. Do you have a word? I oh, can't... yeah, I have actually most of a sentence. I will tell you this, though. If you are going to bust into a historical proceeding, and you are going to bellow your outrage to the world. Slow down. We know you're nervous. Your palms are wet. Your mouth is dry. Your heart is pounding because you're about to disrupt the Senate and be dragged out by your heels and probably tased. So you're nervous. But the key is to slow down. The president is a Russian agent, for instance. Uh, is that what he said? No. 
Um, but you need to be distinct, so there's a little hint. Play it one more time, listen carefully, and I'll tell you how much I have of it. I got nothing. Jesus Christ would probably overturn the playbill. Something, something. The Zamfing. The Zamfir. One more. Volkswagen out front. One more time. You, you can't the drop play ball. You can't drop a probably in your three second heckle. Well, yeah, that's just it's overly wordy. If Jesus Christ would probably overturn the, just say Jesus Christ would overturn the prong bill, landfill. Find no thoughts. So after that happened, I turned up my TV. I happened to be watching, and you can hear the guy out in the hallway, honest to God, for three solid minutes. (laughs) But you can't understand a dang word he's saying. You're in the hallway now. You don't have to scream like that. Yeah, and and the cop would have to say, hey, look, look, look. You're hurting my ears. Can you stop pillowing, please? Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He presses the buttons. He keeps us on the air. It's Michelangelo. Michael? I personally am devastated about Mr. Peanut. I looked at him as a father figure, but... um, We all loved Mr. Peanut, Michael. That lady told me. Yeah. 105 years old. God bless him. Positive Sean is our producer. Sean, your final thought? Yes, after seeing the movie 1917 yesterday, I'm down to just one movie that I still need to see to see all of the Best Picture nominees from 2019. I plan on seeing that on Saturday, and I'll be able to have my official, in the books, lock it up, Stone Cold predictions for the Oscars. Wow. All those movies. Wow. Impressive. Jack, a final thought for us. After the death of the long-living legume, people turned their attention. <laughs> um, uh, He's not actually a nut. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Brett Baer just said on Fox, you know it's serious when Jim Jordan is wearing a jacket. Oh. is uh, In the Senate, you got to wear a jacket, I'll bet. I'll bet, I'll bet being shirt, just in your shirt sleeves is not an option for a senator. That's the difference between the House and the Senate. Is he going to roll up his jacket sleeves? <laughs> My final thought, courtesy of Aaron in San Diego, uh, Tulsi Gabbard suing Hillary Clinton over defamation. Aaron says, watch her suddenly get orders to a hot forward operating location in Afghanistan. Clinton body count, Clinton body count, Clinton body count, Clinton body count. He typed that like 12 <laughs> times at the end of his email. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, Armstrong boy. and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. She would be their cutest victim. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, we have the picture of the guy who doesn't remember who he is. Maybe you know who he is. You want to email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Look, I don't tolerate bullshit terribly well. I'm not good at pleasantries. If you have your birthday, I'm not going to call you up to congratulate you so you love me and you write nice things about me. That's not what I do. Never have. Armstrong and Getty.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io. For current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.